Hello and welcome, you're listening to Mouse Madness, a podcast dedicated to bracketing all things Disney. I'm Chris Bowersox. And I'm Kyle Skinner. And we are your hosts for Mouse Madness. Each episode will focus on a single Disney topic, generate a bracket, and debate our way through the madness to figure out who or what is truly the best. Follow us and play along on Twitter at Mouse Madness Pod or send us an email at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com. Kyle, we are back talking parades again we had such a good time we're back to do it again we're back to do it again and last one was a little long because there was just a whole lot to talk about you can't talk about these parades without like nitpicking every single thing that uh comes along with them and in order to nitpick we brought in our favorite co-host it is tess tess welcome back to mouse madness thanks for having me guys i'm ready to uh argue some more about some of the some of this lineup You've had some time to really uh, ruminate on our decisions here. Uh, what Has anything come to mind since we've last talked about any of these parades, many, any of them that uh, did not quite make this Elite Eight? Uh, any, anything that you wanted to bring up that you might not have brought up last episode? I am impressed that you guys are not heavily influenced by recency bias because I know I am since I've only gone to the parks for the last five years. Um, I mean, some of these parades that I've seen in person that I love, I just love wholeheartedly. So the fact that you guys kind of came in and haven't seen a whole lot of these parades has really brought a holistic um, new perspective. So it's it's been a fun ride, and I'm ready to see where it goes. Yeah, I mean, like we said last episode, we just, for some reason, it's not that parades are bad, like... I'm just a bigger rides guy. Yeah, same. Like, the way I see it, why would I waste a whole ride on an e-ticket attraction staking out a spot for the parade and seeing a parade I've probably already seen before? Right. Yep, same. Unless I'm showing it to somebody that's never seen it. But also, right. I think what helps with this bracket is that Chris and I are pretty big uh, Disney history buffs. So to walk back through the history of the parks through these parades has been a super fun experience. And I think that's why recency bias didn't really get to us is because we're actually big fans of the history of these parks. Especially when I think about like Walt Disney's Parade of Dreams, like the 50th anniversary celebration. Like that was the last time I can remember where like Disney park going wasn't really like a thing yet for the general public. Like... SoCal annual passes were still on sale. It wasn't over a million annual pass holders. It wasn't, you know, park at capacity every single weekend during the summer. Like, that was the last time before the madness. Right. And who knows? I mean, we might be entering another phase of that, honestly. We have no idea what the next evolution of these parks are going to look like after all of this. And we've seen what Shanghai's done. Uh, now we're going to be, we're three weeks removed from the opening of Shanghai after all of this stuff. But it's interesting how they've progressed. And it's going to be interesting to see how not only do the stateside parks respond, but then also how do the park goers respond 
to that response. It's going to be interesting. Tess, do you have any sense from the uh, SoCal locale of how uh, people are going to respond once these parks open? Um, I think annual annual pass holders will be pretty well behaved. I think we're just ready to get back in the parks. Um, You know, I'm one of those people that, like I said, last episode, I watch a lot of parks content, so I'm not eager to go back into the parks until they reopen because by the time that Disneyland reopens, they will have laid out all the safety measures. They will done everything. They will make sure that they will not get sued for reopening. Um, So I know when they reopen, they will be ready to open, but it's going to be up to the patrons if they can stay open and what that will look like. So I don't know when that's going to happen. I, I'm confident that that the the parks will be safe, but I'm not confident that everyone that visits will be. So I'm eager to see what that looks like, but I'm also eager to stay at home until it's (laughs) ready. (laughs) Well, speaking of itching to get back into the parks, we are itching to get into this bracket, but before we do, we gotta talk a little spoonful of sugar. So Chris, what are you drinking for this episode? Okay, Kyle. Antes, I was heartbroken after Light Magic was bounced from the bracket last week. I had to create my own Light Magic-inspired beverage this week. This one is called Light Magic, and this is one anyone can make. You don't even have to have a very deep liquor cabinet to make one of these. All you have to do is take Bud Light and Coors Light and combine them into the same glass, and you have light magic you have as of a drink as as a parade oh no the light magic (laughs) hang on i'm gonna go ahead and give this a taste right now god oh it tastes like summertime oh that is summertime it tastes like the summer of 97 my friend Oh my goodness, Chris! It's funny that we both uh, landed on light magic here because I, I created a little something myself. And after last episode, I felt pretty bad that we really squashed your dreams of light magic. Moving on into the next one, I felt like we might have been on the same page, but apparently we weren't. So I went ahead and made a your typical whiskey sour. So I'm not going to give the ingredients. It's whatever you like in a whiskey sour. Go ahead and Google it, find it. I'll put it into our Discord Trader Sam's channel and you'll find what I did. But I went ahead and made a light magic sour because I know how sour you were after we (laughs) eliminated light magic. And it is literally just a whiskey sour, but guess what's back? The light the ice cube. cube. Oh. oh, we're back. So we are the light magic sour over here. Tess, what is your spoonful of sugar? Um, I have a glass of wine, which may seem simple, but I'm actually doing doing an ode to my 21st birthday, which I spent in the parks or oh. the day after my 21st. Um, I actually had my 21st birthday party at the local uh, Chili's because when you live in <laughs> when you live in Hollister, you don't want to party in Hollister. You go right outside because that's so much more exciting. So I, I partied at Chili's in Gilroy. Um, so before while we were waiting in line for 
world of color, I snuck away to the wine country, um, yeah. picked up window and got a glass of wine. And I think that was my first glass of wine ever. So that's, oh. that's why I'm drinking this tonight. Wow. That's very nice. Very nice. A fun fact about that wine uh, terrace area at DCA. Go ahead and do the wine tasting little flights that they do for you and don't order dinner. So re like reserve a dinner reservation, just do the flight, order some uh, a bread basket and then ask for the Alfredo sauce and dip the bread into that Alfredo sauce. That is all you need for like a 2 p.m. snack as well as drink at DCA. Nina and I did that recently and it wow. was fantastic. I will add that their calamari is the best. So if Ooh. you wanted something else and a little crunchy and fantastic, get that as well. Wow. We got we got all the advice. We got the hot <laughs> Y'all fancy. I'm over here <laughs> drinking light magic. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound like my scene at all. I'm over here pre-gaming in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> Chris is still in Mickey and Friends, and we out here at the Wine Terrace Teatro, or whatever it's called. I brought a chewy granola bar <laughs> for my 2 p.m. snack. <laughs> oh, man. All right, Chris. Enough of this tomfoolery. Let's go ahead and hop into our Elite Eight matchups. All right, the first Elite Eight matchup, we've got the number one seed, Main Street Electrical Parade versus number nine, Aladdin. So let's just, we'll just break down Main Street Electrical Parade. Yeah, we haven't done that yet. We haven't done it. We got to do it. So we talk a lot about iconic things on this podcast. Drink. <laughs> <laughs> and my argument often is, just because something's iconic doesn't make it good. I will acknowledge that Aladdin is iconic. But just because it's iconic doesn't mean it's good. It's good because it's good. Main Street Electrical Parade is one of those things that is iconic because it's good. Not good because it's iconic. Right. And... This parade has been around for 50 freaking years. Yep. And I want so bad to be like, man, like, it's been around forever. It's not that good. But no matter how hard I try to pick this thing apart, I just can't find an opening for it. I really can't. So I guess we'll start with the music, which you kind of started talking about at the very beginning of last episode. You know, we talk about magic happens and paint the night and sensational, and we use the word mix. It's Disney songs that have been mixed together. They've been edited in a way that makes it feel like a an upbeat soundtrack to accompany a parade. Main Street Electrical Parade is a composition in the same way that like Mozart and Beethoven produce compositions. It is so musically rich. It's something that you could see performed in like an orchestra or something with like, you know, brass section and wind section. Right. And string section, all that. Like, it's just so good. And 
it's its own thing. Like Main Street Electrical Parade is its own brand. You know, like it keeps coming back and like, yes, it's annoying that it keeps coming back. And like, I don't think it needs to keep coming back, but that doesn't take away from the fact that like, it's really, really, really good. Yeah. The Baroque Hoedown theme, which if you don't know, that's the name of that. It's called the Baroque Hoedown. And yeah, it's used in Paint the Night. It was used in Light Magic. My favorite version is the Light Magic version. I'm just going to say that. But uh, regardless, it's it's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, I will say I think the first half of Main Street Electrical Parade is a little bit boring for me. It's kind of slow off the ground, I think. Uh, it's got that like drum float that introduces the whole thing, which is cool. It's a good job setting a tone. And then there's like some snails and some mushrooms. Bumblebee. And there's an Alice float. Bumblebee. There's two bumblebees. <laughs> uh, there's uh, the caterpillar from Alice in Wonderland. And then it starts picking up after the Peter Pan float. There's Captain Hook's ship. And that's kind of like the second half is just so strong. And while I think the first half is a little bit boring... It's essential and like I wouldn't take it away because it's so important in establishing that like recognizable imagery that goes along with the mainstream electrical parade. When I think about this parade, I don't think of like the Pete the Dragon, which is an impressive float. I think of the snail guys and the bumblebee guys. Like they're not super Disney and they're kind of random, but like they set the pace. They put the parade in this whimsical energy that feels very dreamlike and the first half that's essential the floats are simple but not boring so many floats are well done artistic well done but the thing that i love about the main street electrical parade and i like about other parades on this bracket as well is when they create a parade with something that feels natural, like a Captain Hook's pirate ship, or like a Pete the Dragon, or like a Cinderella's carriage. These are simple, simple parade units that, you know, like, it makes it feel like a dream. Like, oh, Captain Hook's pirate ship just floating down Main Street at night. So cool. Like, you don't have to overdo it with weird, you know, stuff that some of these other parades do. I, I like the simplicity. Yes, technologically, it has not aged well. The lights in Paint the Night, much better, obviously. But there's something about the simplicity of Main Street Electrical Parade that makes it so good. It's just so, so solid. It's going up against Aladdin. I said last episode that I really, really like the idea of the parade. It feels natural, and it's got a lot of funny moments, but... It's just, it doesn't stand a chance against Main Street Electrical Parade. So, going MSCP, do you agree? Yep. Thousand percent. Aladdin just repeats Prince Ali. I brought this up, how I don't like these parades that repeat the single song over and over again. I appreciate the parades that incorporate a new quote-unquote original track and then flow in disney properties i really appreciate that and main street does it extremely well you're correct the lights and the effects don't necessarily age well but for 
those who appreciate the nostalgia of it, they love it. And I think that the younger generation doesn't see it as being necessarily like lame or outdated. It's just, it's Christmas lights. It's lights. We all like lights. Yeah. Christmas lights have existed forever. And we, we still marvel at Christmas light displays, right? So it, it, it's something that they've really tapped into in the human psyche that we really enjoy lights. And even if they're just massive bulbs, we're still going to appreciate it. So I, uh, yeah, Aladdin's just too simplistic one IP. It's a simple song that repeat repeats over and over again. So it, you can't, you can't have it defeat main street here. Tess, uh, sad to see Aladdin go. Um, not at all. Um, I think there's a lot more to talk about with um, Main Street Electro Parade and its simplicity. I'll say this one bit that, yes, the Main Street Electro Parade keeps coming back, but there are minor changes that are made every time it comes back to make it a little bit more unique. And um, we can talk about that in the next bracket, the next time yeah. it comes around. Yeah, absolutely. You're totally correct. There's been evolution of the Main Street Electrical Parade, like there has been for all of these parades. But uh, let's go ahead into the next matchup here. We have the number four Christmas Fantasy Parade versus the number five Magic Happens. Uh, Chris, for me, it's Magic Happens. I'm not a big Christmas guy when it comes to these Disney parades because if you build a parade around Christmas... It should be mostly a Christmas parade. Well, so so there's been definitely an evolution of this one where before it wasn't the characters in this Christmas atmospheres, the characters, and then it was the Christmas floats. But now they've put the characters into the Christmas atmosphere where you have like Goofy and Pluto in the gingerbread house and you have the <laughs> you have Toy Story making themselves in the toy float. It just, I'm not a huge fan of them attempting to do this IP Christmas mashup. If the entire parade was just a Christmas parade, you have the weird reindeer, you have the typical toy soldiers, you have Santa, and you have Mrs. Claus, I'd probably be okay with it. I'm I'm a little bit weird. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just not as into Christmas as the Disney demographic that they were going for when they were making this parade, but I'm not a huge fan. I'm a big fan of Magic Happens. I think that we're finally getting like, we're starting to transition into this authentic, like, parade soundtrack era of Disney parades. And it kind of began uh, here, where it's, it's not just honing into the sound of the times, it's honing into the sound of the composer. And so like, while you have parades that are really leaning into like the the pop EDM fad, or you're having parades that are leaning into the 80s new wave, you have somebody who's creating this sound that's not only authentic to the current generation, but it's also authentic to the genre that they're representing. And Tajik Hall, who composed this parade, does that very well in representing not only R&B, which is heavily influenced throughout this entire parade, but also Broadway and how Broadway and R&B can infuse together in a seamless way. And you see that in the Moana float. Because none of, like, 
how far I, I'll go is a showstopper. And it's not an R&B track, but the way that he composes it with the accented chorus and the how far I'll go, like very Broadway, very R&B, right? And it's done so well that flows together throughout the entire parade that you hit Coco and it's not jarring. The only jarring part of this parade is the frozen float. And I am tired of that segment of this parade. I'm not a fan of Into the Unknown at all. I do not like that song. And the way that it fits into this parade, I feel like it's not the right song. I feel like if they were to do it, it could have been either done in a way that is complementary to the rest of the parade and not just into the unknown like they could have rearranged it a little bit or just chosen a different song from the movie i don't i get that what they were trying to do was serve this song as the big showstopper it's the let it go it's the adina menzel it's the adele dazim song of this movie but i'm not a huge fan so that's the part that i don't really like about this parade i also don't like the intro for a song that's so hip and it's so authentic, I'm going to call cheesy when I call cheesy. And what's cheesy is the beginning of this parade. I think the beginning portion of this soundtrack is cheesy and I don't like it. And it, it's... But how? Like, how is it? How is that cheesy? Because then you transition into this, like, R&B kind of funk kind of wholeheartedness that you don't get in that first segment the first segment definitely sounds disney a thousand percent but the rest of it does as well with this authentic taste of r&b and this flair while the beginning of this parade sounds like i'm entering a a a dark ride that they just created and they're trying to replicate what a disney song would be that's how I feel. So while I'm stoked on Magic Happens, I don't find it to be a perfect parade, but I also don't like Christmas parades. So Magic Happens moving on for me. I, I don't really know what to say. I mean, I agree with you for this matchup. I think that Christmas fantasy feels like two halves of a parade at times. It's probably the one I've seen most frequently lately just because every time I'm able to get to Disneyland, it's around the holidays, so I end up seeing it. My parade viewing habits tend to be like me catching it as I'm walking past it, and you can walk up the parade route as it's coming down and you see it at double speed, which is a nice, efficient way to watch a parade. (laughs) I have a lot of response to a lot of what you said about Magic Happens, but I'll save it for next round because I agree. I'm advancing Magic Happens over Christmas Fantasy. Uh, So we'll go ahead and hop over to the other side of the bracket where we got Totally Mini versus Snow White. So, wow. This is a tough matchup right here. This one is really, really tough. We have... Totally mini, which is, I would call it an unexpectedly fun parade. It is very, very high energy. Its soundtrack is essential to your enjoyment of the parade. I don't think we really talked in detail about the concept last episode. It's basically 
they're filming a music video. This was in addition to being like the height of the 80s new wave musical genre era. It was the height of the MTV era as well. So everyone was talking music videos. So this was like all of the Disney characters getting ready to shoot this mini music video. Yes, the float quality was not great. That's something we definitely have to overlook. Another thing that's not great, I think, is just the general choreography at times feels really sloppy. I don't think Disney had perfected the art of parades at this point. I don't think it was until, like, somewhere around that Lion King parade, I think, is when they really perfected not perfected, but like started taking the performances like seriously, you know, like looking for top tier talent and like really putting their full effort into it. So at times, Totally Mini kind of feels like thrown together almost. Like it feels very rough and uh, not exactly the quality you would, that you would expect from Disney. For being such an early parade, Snow White 50th anniversary parade does feel very high quality throughout. The floats are big. I'll point to the Snow White Cottage float. Very, very large. Yes. Same with the very first one that has uh, the evil queen on it. It's like her castle. And even the grand finale float as well that has Snow White and the prince on it. Large floats. You know, I'm really a sucker for anything that is, like, fantasy land related and, like, princess related. I think that that, like, royal fan fairy vibe is, like, the bread and butter of Disney. And anything that you're considering to be the best Disney anything has to have that in there somewhere. And, yes, Totally Minnie is really fun, and I love the song, I don't think it's in the conversation for best parade. So I'm going Snow White here. I don't think that I holistically agree with everything you said there, especially with like Disney being Disney needing princesses as I know, and we've had this debate before yeah, we, on like the best Disney movie. Yeah, we definitely have because I think that Mickey and Minnie are just as heavily influential in the Disney company. But I do agree with you that Snow White should move on here because I think that it does such a good job at being just the parade that it is supposed to be. With Totally Mini, it's kind of everywhere because it's not Totally Mini. If Totally Mini was Mini represented in different 80s stereotypes, it's kind of like the, the world according to Goofy, right? Like that accomplished its goal. It was a weird parade and we didn't like it, but it accomplished its goal. I think that if we saw Rocker Mini, if we saw Aerobics Mini, if we saw, you know, her representing this totally mini parade, it would have been better. What's totally mini about the parade is that the soundtrack is just, it's a mini soundtrack. But you have, you have, like I said, you have what, Cinderella, Snow White, and Alice singing on a float at one point, just singing the soundtrack. You have Mickey leading this parade. I get that he's introducing the Totally Mini Parade. Like, check it out. Here is Minnie. But just 
have Minnie lead it. Just let her lead it. That does that makes no. You gotta have Minnie as the grand finale on a mini parade. So, like the grand finale float is the most important. If one. that's what you're going with, I. But in my mind, the totally mini parade is the entire thing is mini. It's so just all minis. All just mini. a bunch that's, of minis. Yep, that's what I've been saying. All minis throughout this entire '80s spiel. It's just a mini mini parade. So. I agree with you. Snow White's tells such a fun story, incorporating Disney IP in a way that's not distracting, which I think is super important for something that has such a specific topic as Snow White's 50th. You don't need a Pinocchio float. That's just a Pinocchio float to celebrate the 50th. You have the evil Queen's float, and then you have... The Pinocchio characters adding to it, but not in a distracting way. They're incorporated very well. So I agree. This parade is a very solid parade for its time in a time that I just discounted most of the parades. So Chris, I'm with you. Snow White is moving right along. Tess, your thoughts. I mean, like I said, this is a weak part of the bracket. Um, I'm not sure how far Snow, Snow White will make um i am with i am impressed that it did a storytelling type fashion of a parade that's so unique um so it has that going for it but other than that i'm not sure how far it'll go we haven't even talked about the raven costumes yet oh my god in that parade it's so bizarre (laughs) (laughs) you mean frightening we'll definitely get there let's go ahead and move on to this last Elite Eight matchup. It is Paint the Night versus Lion King. Chris, I have nothing to say. It's Paint the Night moving on for me. I mean, I had light magic over <laughs> Lion King. Uh, I don't like that the Lion King parade is just a 15-minute show that stops and then starts again somewhere else. I don't. Yeah, I think, you know, the idea that, like, you have to be standing in the right spot is kind of annoying and like yes light magic yeah like you have to do that with light magic too um so i'm not saying i probably would have stopped light magic here as well um but it it feels kind of like a a street tacular you know yes absolutely but let me uh i want to talk about paint the night a little bit while we're still here paint the night was part of the diamond celebration for the 60th anniversary and i think i brought that up last time this soundtrack pays homage to the electrical light parade in that its major theme is that but what is so impressive is that that theme shows up in the different styles of each float segment that also shows up so you have the monsters inc float you have the toy story float you have the cars float you have the what's the first one zaddy zaddy you Neptune. Have, oh well it's a tinkerbell it's tinkerbell yes. tinkerbell the yep yep thing. the like the peter pan-esque float you have little mermaid float you have the frozen float and then you have the reg- regular characters and what's super great about the regular characters float is that they're sitting on these like independent little vehicles that are super reminiscent of the bumblebee of the turtle of the random little figures that are in the electrical parade and 
the theme that they play along with that is this very dynamic sounding soundtrack that the sound is bouncing off of everywhere they are. It's coming from their car. It's coming from the speakers across the street. It's coming from the speakers behind you. It's very impressive. What's super annoying about this float, and it's more of the experience when you're there, is at the same time, Tess and Chris, at the same time that this parade happened, there was a certain apparel piece that you could purchase. And that apparel piece were these paint, like Minnie and Mickey ears, and a paintbrush. So if you were sitting along the parade route, anyone who had a paintbrush could run along and change the color of anyone's ears that was also sitting along the parade route. You just had to point it at them, I would assume press a button, and it would change the color of their ears. How annoying was the parade route three minutes before and you have seven-year-olds running around changing everyone's ears being annoying and you have cast members being like everyone take their seat everyone take their seat and there's just these kids just like firing away um and 22 year olds i definitely bought that stuff and (laughs) definitely had dueling challenges with seven-year-olds it wasn't just before the parade kyle it was any time walking through the park during the 60th celebration you can have a duel with a random child um just so you know, it wasn't just before the parade. But I will say, okay, sorry, I have to talk about the Made With Magic products. The the coolest part about the Made With Magic products, because they did this before the 60th too. They had they had it for World of Color. They bought, right. they, you can yep. buy those hats. Yes. Um, the coolest thing about that is how they synced it with the music and with the lights of the parade. Um, I especially loved it for World of Color because there's yes. that song in World of Color it's during the um, friend like me portion and must in the OG um, uh, world of color show where if you are a true nineties kid and you know what I'm talking about at the end of friend like me, where like the limelight goes buzz, buzz, buzz. The right. only things lit up in that whole sea of people where everyone's made with magic hats and like the little, like, like, um, I don't know what you would call those, those ball, those ball things that showed you the colors of the parade. Yeah. Route. So, okay, you're hating on them, but they were worth every penny to be a part of the experience and to be a part of the Made With Magic for World of Color. So, um, I agree. Their function okay. for World of Color was great and added to the experience. The experience of them at Paint the Night sucked. <laughs> Did not like them. Did not like them. So... I agree. Yeah, they're great for what they were for, and then they incorporated for the 60th and Paint the Night, and I just it was not great. But Paint the Night is a great parade, so I'm glad that we're moving it on. Can I propose another homage that I'm not 100% sure is accurate, but I want you guys to tell me what you think. Please, theories the f- are always welcome. The finale float with Mickey and that weird, like, crazy spiral thing happening behind it. Yeah. Yeah. Homage to Elliot. It looks like kind of vaguely shaped like Elliot. I don't think that you're wrong because I see it's it. It's a stretch. It's a little bit of a stretch, it's a, it's, but it feels similar. I mean, it makes sense that they would since they started the parade with the drum 
much like the actual electrical parade was started with the drum. So right. to end it with also a very iconic looking float. Drink. Makes sense. But what was missing was the big ass American flag. No. We'll talk about it. But no. no we'll talk about missing. that. No. We'll talk about that next. Yeah. And neither, but neither of you guys even mentioned that the whole best part of Paint the Night is the is Mac the truck and the whole freaking light I'm show saving you get it. As it goes by. Okay. I'm saving we'll it. There. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> so good. I have never done acid before, but if I did, I would be Mac truck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, we'll cut the conversation there. We've got our final four. We've got the number one seed, Main Street Electrical Parade, versus the number five seed, Magic Happens. And the number 10 seed, Snow White's 50th Anniversary Parade, versus number three, Paint the Night. All right. We'll start with Main Street Electrical versus Magic Happens. You know what they say. If it ain't Baroque, don't fix it. Amen. I know last round I kind of said that there isn't a whole lot I can pick apart from Main Street Electrical Parade, but we got to talk about the flag. So I misremembered the finale of the 25th anniversary parade, and I misremembered the ending of the Main Street Electrical Parade too. I was like, oh, like the finale is Elliot. Like that's the most impressive float. It's super cool seeing like the actual dragon. Um, and it's probably secondary after like the snail and bee guys as like the recognizable figure of the parade is the Elliot. And it's a big ass American flag. Huge. Like not just big ass like it's like a mile long america and you've got the baroque hoedown theme going throughout the parade and then all of a sudden it goes to and it's just like okay america it's like the um almost like yankee doodle shows up even before that i mean this is this a holdover from like just like Walt Disney being overly patriotic? That's my whole thing is that that's I'm tired of Disney continuing to going back and being like, what would Walt do? What would Walt do? Walt, you know what that Walt do? Walt 40 years after his death would move on from his patriotism. (laughs) He would find some other obsession. Very strange. So I can't say the parade is perfect because it does end on that just awkward note. It's like it ended perfectly and then it just like, boop, weird, hanging off the end there like an appendix. Okay, so then we got uh, Magic Happens. So we'll talk about Maui. Maui's weird. Oh, no. Okay. He doesn't look great. And it's weird to me that there are two Moana floats. Is that weird to you too? Well, I think it kind of makes sense because like the cocoa float was two scenes it was just one connected float so it wasn't as jarring i found it weird but like the kakamura in the middle of it connected them enough for me see like my theory is that maui is a placeholder oh for something else Okay. And like I could see them 
swapping him out at some point because I think Magic Happens is going to be a decade-long parade. I'm with you. With different flows. So, yes, yes. I think Moana stays because I think that's a great way to start the parade. Uh, well, obviously, Mickey starts it, but like getting into the actual like material of the parade. I like Moana being the like wayfinder, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Maui's kind of weird. Like, why aren't they on this? Why aren't they both on the boat? I don't get it. I think they really want the viewpoint to be the um, the not the projection, but whatever you want to call it, like the the. There is some like display happening behind Moana. It's also like, don't diminish her power as the leading female of that movie and like let her just do it on her own. And I think they worked so hard over the past seven to eight years to establish that strong female lead that to also make it like put Maui on that boat as well. Everywhere else that you see the female male leads, it's in a romantic sense. And we've talked about literally last bracket how this is a good movie because they don't yeah. do that. Yeah. So I think the Maui's like I could throw away the Maui. And I actually agree with you about with you. the Into the Unknown thing too. I think that song, I think we talked about it in the mini review of Frozen 2 into the unknown is like nowhere near the best song in that movie. But if I go through like the list of songs in frozen Two, like what else would it be though? Yeah. Yeah. And you have to have frozen two in there. Like yeah. you, you have to, um, which is another thing that's kind of weird about this parade. It is very like recent Disney. It's got frozen two. It's got Moana. It's got Coco. And then there's a uh, princess and the frog and, all the princesses. What else? Yeah. Uh, oh, weirdly ends on Sleeping Beauty. I mean, I'm down for it. Yes. It's just kind of like, Don't it doesn't it. feel, <laughs> it, it, no, I like it. It just, it feels weird that you have like recent movie, recent movie, recent movie, classic. Sure. Like, where's the Wreck-It Ralph float, I guess, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's a little bit kind of like, I don't know, clunky in that respect. Uh, I like the variety of, pieces that move throughout the parade route you've got the big floats that all look great all of the choreography units look great and then you've got those smaller ones like the like hey hey that's moving around the Kristoff who's just like carrying his little like cart um the you also have head. yes, yes. you got a Pepi- pepita yes. is his name yeah impress impressive float uh, not in a float, puppet. Impressive puppet. Incredible puppet. Oh my gosh. So again, I, and I referenced this like very early on last episode, the thing I love about parades is not knowing what to expect next. Like what could be coming around the corner next? I have no idea. I just know it's going to be great. And Magic Happens is just really good example of a parade that pulls that off great. But so does Main Street Electrical Parade, right? Um so I think what this matchup comes down to for me is are we okay advancing a nighttime parade? Yes. Is there any, like, what about 
Is there anything about the format that makes it so like parades must be daytime or like parades cannot be nighttime or must be nighttime? It's to each their like, own. Right. So like the way I think about parades is like the nighttime entertainment is the fireworks spectacular or phantasmic. You choose one. And like the parade is around two or three o'clock and you can go if you want to, or you can catch it like while you're walking about the park. It's annoying to me that they keep bringing Main Street Electrical Parade back. We haven't even talked about how it was at California Adventure Forever 2. Everyone's seen this parade. It was that doesn't also make a it bad, parade. but like... It was also different when it was at DCA. There was many okay. floats missing because it, they couldn't... Why don't you talk, talk about that for, so for a bit? it moved over to DCA because when DCA was created, no one went because it was a bad park. So they thought what would bring people over to Disney California Adventure would be a nighttime spectacular that we all already love. Main Street Electrical Parade. Great theme. It's an earworm and it incorporates all of our favorite classic Disney films. Bring it over to DCA. What they didn't expect was they have a red trolley that runs through what would be the parade route. And that trolley runs on wires that hangs above the trolley those wires are not tall enough for elliot they're not tall enough for the uh pleasure island float that originally was on the on the parade like there's so much that they had to cut out that it was a a mini abbreviated version and they did almost they almost did the same thing with paint the night paint the night also spent some time over at dca it was like one summer and yeah. they also had to alter the course and alter the floats to make sure that fit under the trolley lines. So anytime a, f- a parade goes over to DCA, it's not never in the form that it's meant to be seen. However, Main Street Electrical Parade has also just gone through many iterations at its time at Disneyland, including what I just brought up, the Pleasure Island float, which was this incredibly scary float which was the big head, the head and mouth that the kids would walk in to get to the the carnival. Yeah. That doesn't exist anymore. And it's the, the American-esque ending is also a lot shorter than it was. But Chris, I'm going to make the decision before you make yours. Is okay. that I'm a massive fan of the Main Street Electrical Parade. I have I the the parade on vinyl. I remember seeing the the advertisements for it on VHS for a Disney special that I used to watch when I'd be babysat when I was in preschool. Like these are vivid memories that I have as like a three year old is seeing like an advertisement for Main Street Electrical Parade. I've watched it recently. I watched the live production of it when it came back to Disneyland. Like. I'm a huge Main Street Electrical Parade fan. Thing is, I'm not a huge, like, shove the patriotic feeling down your throat fan. And I'm not a huge fan of the ending of this parade. And so I think that when I'm there at night, especially... This parade ends at 9.30 p.m., 10.30 fireworks. My last feeling heading into another Disney show isn't like, I'm I'm saluting that flag before I leave this park. 
to me, it's like that's just such a strong ending, which I'm sure others take away from, but just not for me. So while it's a super strong parade, it incorporates all of the movies, it incorporates a well-themed song, it, it flows all very well together. They take the elements, put it into the Baroque, electronic sounding soundtrack. For me, I will take Into the Unknown as the as the finale and and move on with my life. So I'm moving Magic Happens. I like the music mix of Magic Happens better. It's just, it's more fun. If you ask me, like, which parade you want to watch right now, I say Magic Happens. The thing that puts Main Street Electrical Parade over the top for me is the density of the parade it's there's more something yes something that is very tricky in presenting a parade is like filling your empty space with fun stuff and so you have to have like a lot of room between your floats for safety reasons and so Main Street Electrical Parade, like, you don't notice that at all. And in a lot of parades, you do. It's just like, okay, here's a, a nice float. And then, like, you notice it, like, not a whole lot in Magic Happens. But there are moments, particularly, like, the Tiana float is a little bit, like, underwhelming. And then you have these, like, two-man flag wavers that are kind of like, nah, like, uh, those guys are really boring. Main Street Electrical Parade, there's never a moment where you're like stuck waiting, wondering what to look at, and it just, it keeps coming at you. I think that's what puts it over the top for me. So I'm going Main Street Electrical Parade. So Tess, you get to make the tie-breaking decision. Who is advancing to the finals? Okay, so I've held back so much about Magic Happens. I have bit my tongue. Um, The beginning sucks. Uh, no, it doesn't. Okay, okay. I I have I have the experience of being there in person on opening night. So like the third time they ever did it, did it maybe the fourth time because they did like a cast member only cast members knew that it was going to be opening on Thursday and then it opened on Friday. So I saw it nighttime, Friday that it opened. Then I watched it on Leap Day. The last thing I ever did at Disneyland before the park closure was watch Magic Happens, and then I went home like that. I have bias in that, but it is a fantastic parade. The speaker would say, calling all dreamers, and I'd leave the park. Okay. Oh, no, you guys were, no, no. You no, guys no. weren't even talking about the amazing dancers in the beginning, or not enough to, to really do them justice. The dancers in the opening of the parade before Mickey comes out are so fantastic. They've never done anything like that before where they had intricate choreography opening up the parade. And then as like the next, the second time the chorus comes around, you see Mickey do it. And that just, that's the first time I cry when watching this parade. I cried multiple times watching this parade. It is so fantastic. It's so heart-wrenchingly wonderful. Um, but yes, I agree with you, Kyle, that the, the opening song is not as good as the closing song, but I jumped to my feet. I mean, you, you guys haven't experienced in person yet. I pray to the Disney gods that they still 
do it moving forward, even though they're not going to be able to afford to do it in the beginning <laughs> when they open back up because it, it's so much entertainment value. But it it's so good, you guys. I You don't know what it's like to like be standing there waiting for the parade to start, waiting there forever because it's the opening weekend and the lights go down. And then instead of like the Disney announcer saying, ladies and gentlemen, blah, 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 like they do that before. But it's literally the opening of the song with this is the anthem duh, duh, and you're waiting and then the beat drops and then you're waiting and then the dancers come out and then Mickey does it. I mean, come on when Mickey like brings it when he brings his hands up and the chorus starts. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't have the nostalgic factor of electrical parade because it was I don't either it, I don't either do. a lot of people do but I don't none of us do because the last time it was in Disneyland prior to the recent reopening we weren't born yet but I also but it was it was um it was live in uh Disney World when we were alive but we didn't but I didn't see that so I don't have the nostalgia factor I can appreciate the electrical parade but magic happens is the coolest thing i've ever seen in person at disneyland it is so good and i can't wait for you guys to to eat your words about the opening song when you see it in person because it is so good it's so awful if you it's not you haven't seen it in person you've watched like crappy audio quality it's on bad. youtube you have not seen it in person i agreed with you that out of context when you're not in person that the opening song sucks out of context when you are there in person <laughs> you cannot help but dance you will not be closing your ears if Kyle if I'm sitting on that curb I'm gonna keep arguing about this if I'm sitting on that curb and I hear this is the anthem I'm not. leaving my seat test and I'm oh heading my. towards you are the exit. not because you have to sit and wait for the rest of the parade so also you hush I know I moved him on. I know I moved Magic Happens on, but that Mickey float was not as extravagant as I expected to open. Like he, he. It's forgettable. It's forgettable. But his costume is themed with the dancers, and he he doesn't need much. It's Mickey Mouse, you guys. Come on, like the dancers come out. MFM. (laughs) All right. Okay, sorry. Magic Happens obviously moves on, but I held my tongue, so I just exploded right there. But I'm sorry, Electrical Parade doesn't even come close. I mean, it. it here's it here's what I will give Electrical Parade, Chris. What I haven't been able to bring up in this entire bracket is the uh, parade fan interaction. And yes, the the party gras did that very well because they forced people into the parade. Yeah, let's, can we just take an intermission <laughs> to talk about party gras right now? Yeah, let's stop. Let's stop the pod. Talk about party gras. slap. Slap. <laughs> Slippy slappy. It was such a f***ing... The song was so good, but the parade was so scary. Okay, so the thing is, it was just like a two-minute song, and they're like, crap, the parade's 15 minutes. Yeah. What do we do? Just play it again. Run it back. And It's so... Uh, they form, like, conga like... lines, and they, like... So... Yeah. So, Chris... What I really like about the mainstream electrical parade is the fan interaction, much like the party girl, which didn't make this bracket and it was not miss the dance, but there is a lot of fan interaction there. And in the main street, you have people on the floats calling out and speaking to the audience as their characters. I like that a lot. I love Pete the night does that too. 
That's why I brought it up because we have our number three, Paint the Night, versus our number 10, Snow White's 50th anniversary. In Paint the Night, Chris, you have the characters speaking to the audience, specifically in Tess's favorite part, the Little Mermaid float with Ariel. Ariel is speaking to the people, and it's great. It's awkward. It, it's awkward to me seeing so many of the performers in so many of these parades like mouthing the words to the song like i wish you were singing out loud or something and so i think it's a really natural change to make having the characters like actually act yeah and talk i like when they actually speak to the audience i agree it's super weird one when they're just like lip syncing to the song and you can see it. But two, when the people on the parade route are like screaming the lyrics of the soundtrack that's playing behind them, it's even more bizarre. Like it's they're they're repeating the the song. The the Christmas one comes to mind because every once in a while you have like one of the ice skaters or you have one of the the dancers like saying the actual lyrics. So the sound gets picked up in the video and you only hear the person saying it, not the soundtrack. But in paint the night, you have Ariel, like speaking to the crowd, like, hello, like, how are you doing? Isn't this great? Blah, 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 whatever. Right. So I think that's super special, especially if you're a child or even if you're an adult and you don't expect that to happen. And maybe she calls you out specifically by what you're wearing or what you're doing. It's definitely not by your ears because those dumb ears change colors when people point things at them. But uh, maybe the character points you out and, and it just adds to that experience factor. And it also adds to the difference every single time. That Ariel maybe has a script, probably has a script, but also is probably different. It's probably like five lines exactly. that she like goes through. Right, exactly. So it makes it super special. Also, what we hinted at last uh, last round that I, I told Tess we're going to bring it up this next time is Mac Truck. Fire. It's the so most good. impressive The best float. float of any parade. It's the most impressive float of any any parade and what it does so well is it went ahead and showed off the technical ability of disney it tied in what the fad was at that time which was these uh museum installations that were the hanging bulb rooms that every once in a while a different pulse would go through and it would show a different pattern of lights and you'd be in the middle of it people took photos for instagram that's the same technology they just put it in the back of a truck also they took a a property that it's like how do we insert cars into this we love cars we have a cars land across the street how are we going to make disneyland fans also aware of cars they took a concept of this pick of this uh truck and made the trailer this phenomenal thing right and when it goes by you you're like one this is absolutely massive and this is also maybe one of the points that didn't make it into dca but don't quote me on it because i don't quite remember but two it just blinds you it's just the way that it's presented and the entire cars exhibit don't get me wrong 
The Cars song of this parade is the worst part of this parade. You stop right now. No. Life is a Highway is an awful song. And the way that they do the um, Baroque hoedown for this portion is also absolute garbage. So I do not like this portion thematically. I love it visually. I love that the characters' eyes are same as the characters you see in DCA where they're projection focus so the eyes are moving the mac truck especially because it's such a big float it looks like it he's looking around and looking at you speaking of projection the monster's ink float with the multiple doors it's such a good way of displaying that story and such a phenomenal part of that story is these doors and these different worlds and showing the different parts of the movie through the doors then you have mike wazowski on the back who's looking like he's telling a joke but his eyes are moving and he looks like he's looking a lot around and then the even better part of the parade is the slinky dog Mm. and slinky dog who is this static figure looks like he's jumping through but also looking around at the parade route with his eyes but then also the way he did they did his like coils to not just make it like a slinky where these spiraling lights and i thought that was great plus you have the aliens in there and you have all that good stuff so those floats and paint the night are amazing to me snow white it's hard because you can't compare the technological advances of paint the night to what snow white's 50th had right so it's difficult but Snow White did a very good job telling stories, but I think that like their formula for a parade was very simple. And it was put these characters in a parade, throw them into the context of the float, but very simplistically. While with Paint the Night, I feel like they got really creative with how they mixed their characters in. You have Lumiere, who's a massive puppet with the flames that look almost real when you're watching them on video at least and you have the genie and you have nemo and marlin and like the way that they were able to incorporate these characters that you've never thought you would ever see while in the snow white one it's all the characters that you've been seeing in all of the parades from the beginning of disneyland in snow white in the same fashion that they were so the the creativity level the willingness to incorporate weirdness into the paint the night in different ways with the the jellyfish dudes with the transformer-esque men in the cars section the cowgirls with jesse it's great paint the night's moving on yeah kyle uh i agree that was a long rant you had there on paint i the night. i i've been holding in the paint the night gush this entire well, time because i is, love this parade the thing is i have more but we'll save it for the next round uh paint the night uh, superior to snow white so we might as well just go straight to the finals here we have magic happens versus paint the night i advanced main street electrical parade last round I think it's interesting here. We have a daytime parade versus nighttime parade. Though, because Magic Happens debuted in the winter, the sun went down early-ish, so 
the second performance of Magic Happens took place at nighttime, so it's kind of a nighttime parade, too. But the reason why it's able to be a nighttime parade is because they have these infrastructure things in place like light towers that, you know, we have light magic to thank for that. Um, I'm going to go ahead and just tack on what Kyle was saying about Paint the Night. The thing that I think Paint the Night does better than Main Street Electrical Parade, I know it's not in the finals, but uh, I think if it was, I would have Paint the Night over, over it. Paint the Night utilizes darkness in a really interesting way to, like, make the magic happen. So, like, Tinkerbell starts off the parade and she looks like she's flying because the parade happens at night. They have this, like, black mechanical arm, right? Uh, So it's really realistic looking. Also, you've got that slink float you were talking about, Kyle, the bottom half of that float is dark. There's no lights on it. Right. So it looks like he's just like floating down the street. You referenced Marlin and Nemo swimming around. Puppeteers dressed in black, parade route super dark, makes it look like the characters are just swimming down the street. I think it's so well done. And it makes those gaps that I talked about uh, when I was talking about uh, magic happens last round less obvious yeah you know you can you can only have just like a couple of performers in this long gap but you're like your eyes are drawn to them so it doesn't seem boring to you really 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 expertly done the cars unit yeah super super good i randomly love no, the not. dancers in the cars unit <laughs> cars unit is awful no what are you talking the, the besides mac trucks display Life is a Highway no. is an awful song. Uh. Life is a Highway might as well be the American flag. Okay. <laughs> the dudes, though, that are dressed in, like, odometer outfits, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. crumping, I'm into that. I, like, I love I'm those down. guys. Yeah, I'm I down. Think they're super cool. I'm down. Well, to me, that looks like the, um, like, Tron-esque. Like, they kind of, like... Put that oh, little Schmidt in we need there. a Tron unit. We need Paint the Night to come back, and we need a Tron unit. That's what we need. If Legacy did better, I'm sure that they would. We haven't fully discussed Triton yet, so let's do that now. <laughs> so the Little Mermaid float is a giant Triton. Uh, he's obviously jacked. Uh, we talked <laughs> about Disney characters with the best physique a couple episodes ago in the minion bracket. Kronk, great physique. Triton, Ugh. great physique. Uh, fully on display in Paint the Night. But the thing that is the coolest to me about that float, uh, like Kyle said, just like that projection technology where Triton's face is like moving around. It's it, it's like it's really Triton, like floating down yep. the street. So, 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 so cool. Okay, let's talk about the things that Paint the Night isn't so good at. The cars section. We'll start with the music. Yes, they do a good job paying homage to Main Street Electrical Parade, but that makes it not original, right? It's a great like remix, but it's not an original composition. Also, it uses When Can I See You Again from Wreck-It Ralph. Great song, slappy, slappy as heck, but it's not original. They remix it to be like, when can we do this again? But uh, it was not written for the parade. On the other hand, you've got magic happens 
the theme song, the first number, which I know you don't like, Kyle, it's original. <laughs> you can't argue that. I can't. It's, uh, it, it's and the, original. The final number is original, and it's so, so, yeah, so Yeah, that good. slaps. That's great. It's so, so, so good. I wish they had led with that number. That's what I've been saying. But would the you thing, want it? Though, would you want it to end on the song you liked less, or would you want it to? No, end just on bring the it back. Song? Just bring it back. No, just, just take back. the end, put it at the beginning, and keep it also at the end. Make Ugh. those the bookends, and which is which is the way they normally do it. Right. The thing I do like about the opening number though is it's very punchy, meaning like it's not it's it's very produced, but it doesn't feel overproduced. It's a good like thesis statement for the parade. Yeah, and it starts the party. It gets you on your feet. Yeah, like it leaves you wanting more. Yes. Paint the Night is often described as a spiritual successor to Main Street Electrical Parade. It's not spiritual. It's a straight successor. It's just a sequel. It's Main Street Electrical Parade 2. It's better. It's definitely better. Like the technology has improved. The music is mixed expertly the properties are updated to make them more relevant to the youths i think i'm giving it to magic happens i think a parade is in the afternoon time i think paint the night's a fun watch but i think a parade is in the afternoon time magic happens is an original idea it uses proud corazon which is a great song, super underrated from Kogo. Yeah, the Maui float is weird, but I can't believe I'm saying it. I mean, uh, I think Main Street Electrical Parade should have won this bracket, but I think between these two, I'm going Magic Happens. Kyle, what do you think? Paint the Night is the successor to the Electrical Light Parade, and it's the changes that Disney wish they could have done to the Main Street Electrical Parade that they couldn't do because if they did, that's them tainting that parade. So instead, they just made a whole new parade and disguised it under the 60th celebration, which doesn't really touch upon anything that celebrates the 60th, which is why they didn't say it's the the Paint the Night Parade 60th celebration. They just said it's a new parade to celebrate the 60th because it it takes upon what had just left and what would soon come back which is the main street electrical parade but then also ushers in this new era of what the disney company is i think i still stand by what i said which is that light magic walked so that paint the night could run everything that light magic did was what paint the night does just slightly better they utilize the lighting that light magic music is put down in light magic no that's a that's a lie paint the night just stole main street electrical parade's music no straight stolen that's no let's no they used the lighting that light magic installed and they used it in a way that wasn't dependent on the show so the audience is lit up most of the time by these lights. It's not the floats themselves because the floats themselves are the what should have been light magic. You have these 
this incredible display of technological advances throughout the entire thing, not only from a float aspect, which we had already kind of downplayed the inflatables, the reusing of floats. This is a completely new parade in a way that we've never seen it before. We've seen electrical parades, these individual units that are moving around with Christmas lights, but we've never seen these individual units that are not only moving around like Christmas lights, but are responding to the sound of the soundtrack. That's an incredible feat of technological advancement. You have them paying homage to the park with the weaving in of the theme from the Main Street Electrical Parade, which is their way of tying in this is for the 60th. We're honoring the past of the park. Does it honor all 60 years? No, but it honors what you are reminded of from a nighttime parade, which is Main Street Electrical Parade. Now here's the new one that we're doing to kick off this new era of Disney Park celebrations. I just, I and I like Magic Happens. Don't get me wrong. The beginning is way too corny for me. I'll continue to say it. But I think the way that they present their parade segments is great. I think that how they do the Kakamora, the little pirate coconuts, is super fun and creative. Hey, hey, in the bucket that's just independently rolling around is great. My frozen float that I'm not a huge fan of. I'm also not a huge fan of it in Paint the Night, but I'm definitely not a huge fan of it in Magic Happens because mostly I don't like the song that they chose in Magic Happens. It's still fine. The dancers look like zombie dancers, which I don't quite get. But at least you have like the great Sven uh, robot thing at the end of the float. You have Kristoff walking along the float in the back end. You have what we haven't brought up yet, but we teased Flora, Fauna, and Meriwether on the finale float on their own little pedestals and they're not dress characters they are face characters and that's all i've been wanting out of these these parades including miguel i get that we can't employ a kid to play miguel and play the guitar in this float but it's so bizarre to have this dressed up human being as this little child I don't know. Can we talk about Proud Corazon? Like, oh, it's the fact that they chose that as the song yeah, to lead with. It's one of my favorite songs from Coco. So I'm not discounting that part of the soundtrack. The only soundtrack part I'm discounting is the beginning because it's awful. Ugh. For me, what feels like Disney is magic, and what is magic is not magic happens. What's magic is the feats that they were able to accomplish during Paint the Night, both technologically and also transporting you to another world. I'm going ahead and advancing Paint the Night, which means we have the final deciding by Tess, our co-host, Magic Happens or Paint the Night. Tess, you go ahead. Oh, gosh, I was so hoping you guys would not do this to me but somehow my gut knew that it would come down to like the two best parades that disney has ever done um which means you guys did a really good job with this bracket and like going with you know how technology has moved forward and not just going on the nostalgia factor and not just going on 
you know, what's iconic, which is our favorite word in this podcast. Um, ugh, Take I hate a drink. Ugh. Okay. Um, a couple things about each of the parades. For Paint the Night, when they moved it over to DCA, um, now that I realize that they have the um, trolley cords, um, the re-theming and um, kicking out the frozen float makes more sense. And they re-themed it with an Incredibles 2 float, which is a smart move to um, promote that movie and to promote, promote the ride and to promote Pixar Fest because they already had the car stuff. So it was just very Pixar-esque. So the re-theming and moving it over to DCA did not bother me at all. I usually watched the paint the night in front of Cars Land anyway, so it was just really nice. Um, a couple more fun facts about Magic Happens. You guys kept talking about Kristoff and how he had his little cart. So there was this cute little bit that I did not get to see in person, but my friend who saw the opening show told me that she saw this happen in front of her because she was around little children. And of course, when they do audience interaction, they always go for the kids. Um, when Kristoff goes up to the audience members in Magic Happens, he brings out a ring box out of his pocket and shows the little kid like the ring he's going to propose to Anna with, which is so cute. Come on, guys. Like, oh, so cute. Um, oh, my gosh, you guys. So the theming, first real quick, the theming of Magic Happens is very um, exact. I know you guys were talking about how it goes from new parades to old parades, but if you go to Wiki Fandom, you can read this yourselves, but it goes, it's very, uh, it's all talking about magic, right? So it goes from a, it goes from a swirl of magic with the opening. It goes into a wave of magic with Moana. It goes into a bridge of magic with Coco, a magical forest with Frozen, which the Frozen float had its own issues. It only worked opening night, I swear, according to YouTube and according to what I saw. Like literally, it did not light up one night, and Elsa <laughs> was by herself in the dark which bless that girl. Um, and another night, if you find it on YouTube, there's a version where there's a, literally a trailer pulling the frozen float because it crapped out. So this this parade opened before it was ready. I love the little mini Zamboni guys <laughs> oh that come in God. and tow the floats. That's another like underrated part of watching all of these. Oh my gosh. It was, it was it's like the parade spotters <laughs> and like the techies that like there's one uh, paint the night version in the dock that like one of the cars dancers loses like a shin pad right. uh -huh. and like, they have to like escort him off the parade. <laughs> but the last part of the parade where it brings all the throwbacks is a magical dream and so it really just brings out the magic and i love the pumpkin carriage from cinderella and the sword in the stone part of the parade is so good it's probably i disagree actually i Ugh. forgot to mention this but um merlin is surprisingly nimble yes He's so good. He brings it. This man is like 150 years old, and all of a sudden he's got like moves. Because he has magic, Chris. It's magic happens. Magic happens, and he is tied on to some pole. He's got the legs of the goofball. Oh, it's so good, <laughs> though. It like brings a funny element, and behind is the big magic moment where... Arthur comes out, and when it comes to the big part of the chorus or the bridge, he 
pulls out the sword because he is the king. That part's magic. I love Prince of the Frog, the Prince of the Frog part, the part where the, um, I don't even know what it's supposed to be, but the way that the float like brings the fencing around it where it just like goes in and out. That's awesome. And then you end on Aurora and her, I think people are disappointed by the dress because it was supposed to be color changing, but like, I don't really care. I love the pink and the blue reference. I loved. Yeah, I agree. I think the pink is often represented, but I think in fantasy on parade, it's blue or in one of the parades on the dock, it's blue. Mm -hmm. I like that. I like that uh, magic happens references that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, I mean, I also hold paint the night close to my heart because during the 60th celebration, I happened to vacation like the day before and the day after the 60th anniversary, not knowing that I was going to be doing that. And I put my down payment on my first annual pass. So I hold all of the 60th um, entertainment close to my heart because it's just such a big part of me as a Disney person. And I love Paint the Night. But if you're asking me as a Disney fan, experiencing both when they first opened. So I kind of come with clean eyes with both of them. I have to give it to Magic Happens. It is. It is the most intricate, the most well done parade. I really, really hope they bring it back so that you guys and everyone else can see it in person because YouTube does not do it justice, but it's revolutionary. So I have to give it to Magic Happens. New kid on the black takes the throne. Kyle is mad right now. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. But you can't because you haven't seen it yet. Okay, Dad. Call me when you see it and tell me that I'm right or tell me that I'm wrong. But I've seen both in person when they opened, and I can say this without bias. I promise. As we always do, we need to clap it out. We have our winner. Another bracket down, Chris. We've done it again. We have crowned our best Disney parade, which happens to be the very newest parade, Magic Happens. And uh, it's, I mean, you can't be mad at it. It's a slap. Yeah. Um, I guess in this situation, Iconic is not always the best. Nope. Well, Tess, thank you so much for joining us on this journey. You are entirely to thank or to blame depending on who you ask uh, for crowning our champions so uh, we hope to see you back here soon yes I, I love being a part of the a part of the conversation so thanks for letting me bring out my Disney, ner- Disney nerdiness through um, this time of everything being closed and this is a great way to spend my time at home so thanks guys well folks you know where to reach us you can always send us an email with a rebuttal at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com. Send us a tweet at mousemadnesspod. You can join our Discord server, which is linked in the description of this podcast, or join our Facebook community. Until the next episode, folks. 